Hey, what's going on, everyone? I'm your host, Adrian Chukliangi. Welcome to the St. Joseph's Capital Show, the home for faith-driven leaders and investors in pursuit of new streams of passive income through the tried and true asset class of commercial real estate. I have conversations with high performers, investors, and syndicators in the industry that are using their time, talent, and treasure to breathe life into and create eternal impacts in their communities. Our goal is to help you build relationships, learn about real estate investing and syndication, and level up one day at a time so that we can all become the best versions of ourselves. Now, let's get to the show. Receive your free access to our seven-day course, an introduction to passive real estate investing, which also includes access to our new ebook, 13 Advantages of Real Estate Syndications. Inside, you'll learn the basics of commercial real estate, how syndications can be a wiser alternative, a detailed example of forcing appreciation and increasing value on a multifamily property, and benefits of passively investing. Receive access to this course and the book by checking out the show notes or visit stjosephscapital.com. That is S-T-J-O-S-E-P-H-S-C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com to start your investment journey. This is your St. Joseph's Capital Show. I'm your host, Adrian Chukliangi. Today, our guest is Andres Takechel. Andres, did I say that okay? <laughs> Close, close. It's uh, Andres Takechel. It's Takechel. French. Okay. But Cuban descent. There we go. Well, Andres, thank you for being on the show, man. Um, so Andres was born in Miami. He had a loving Catholic parents and family. His parents lived out the gospel firmly in their early marriage with his mother uh, being a stay-at-home mother and father being a teacher. Uh, he went to the University of Flor- Florida for a mechanical engineering degree. And it was there he heard the gospel presented in a way that finally resonated with him and made changes to live a Christian life. And so I'm just super excited, you know, to have Andres here on the show. You know, most of these shows are interviews with experts in the real estate industry and investment space. Uh, so today is just kind of a blessing to shift gears a little bit and um, kind of highlight, kind of highlight the work that Andres is doing as, as well as Vagabond Mission. So Andres, I just kind of like to open the floor to you, you know, just to share with our listeners a little bit about yourself, you know, your faith journey as well. Well, where to start would probably be, I would say my whole life, I've always been someone that's really, really curious. And so like, that's the theme that's kind of followed me throughout my life. Like I can remember the first time I've had my own rational thoughts. I'm the kid that's like thinking about why is the sun so far away? Why isn't it closer? Why do people interact the way that they do? Um, very quickly in my life, I just started asking the bigger questions of like, well, then what's, what am I doing here? What's the reason um, for my existence? Do I have significance? And like that, yeah, it just creates, it creates a, an emptiness very quickly in life. And when you're young um, and you feel like you need answers, it's like, you go, you go, you go looking. Um, So I think my life's kind of been a journey of that. And I went to private school. So I've always been exposed in a sense to the faith to just the, it always seemed more of like a, like an outside, um, an outside God came, created it, just kind of left it as it is, kind of have to just stroll throughout the world on my own. Um, and sadly, I didn't really get more than that leaving high school. 
And so I've always, my parents were really good about teaching me like good morals, um, great parents, extremely loving. I didn't, I didn't understand the value of having such amazing parents till I got older and realized how that wasn't a very common occurrence for a lot of people and how much that did affect them. And I mean, that's something that I, I count my blessings now really heavily for. Um, but moving into like University of Florida in college, my roommates, um, one of them especially was going through a really, really rough time his first year. And I just like had to basically hunker down with him um, as he was struggling through some stuff in terms of like wanting to remain uh, on this earth and everything. And he ended up going back into his um, Catholic community roots and, and started going to the campus ministry over there because my other friend came into town um, and started living with us. I actually got tugged in out of jealousy to go on a, a retreat. And it was a seat conference because of them. And, um, and that was the first time that I think I've ever heard the gospel in a way that it answered. It like opened the door that I had been trying to close all these years of like, I don't want to know the answer to these questions anymore because nothing satisfies it. And um, on that retreat, it finally the door opened and I, and I was able to walk through it in a way that it was like, I, there's hope and I not even just hope like I have the answers to what I'm looking for there's there's parts of my heart that have been written for a reason they're not aimless they're not random and um it set me on a journey I I fell in love um with the people that were involved there the campus ministry and I realized I wasn't the only one in this in this um that had been thinking about these things and that cared um so much more deeply about uh, these questions and about life and all these things and so I made an amazing group of friends. Um, this kid ended up discipling me. His name was Felipe Quinones. Um, we are still best friends to this day, and we try to keep up every once, uh, every two weeks. But he like walked through me with me through a lot of really dark periods. But as I was trying to get rid of um, bad habits, and and I saw the amount of joy and the amount of like just like life that I had in this process. And I recognized very quickly after that, that my emptiness had gone away that I'd probably carried for 20 years. Um, and that, uh, that I changed the scope of things for me. I, I began to see the world almost in color. I, I, the best way I could put it is I like the world was very gray and very black and white. And there was some good times and there was some pretty bad times, but nothing was really like consistent. Um, and from that retreat forward, like the world just slowly began to have colors of green and blue and orange. And like the same things I would look at the trees, they just began to have more vibrancy. Um, and that, that just started to overwhelm me in, in a good way and very quickly led towards me just being compelled to like share that. Like I couldn't help just being like, I, I gotta, I gotta have my other friends that I used to party with know about this. And, um, I got to reach out and like tell my friends to come around and meet these people. And I'd invite all my old party friends, like let's go play volleyball with all these Catholic Gators. And um, a lot of them thought I was just like, they'd see me do a lot of um, really not amazing things to be honest. And so at first it threw them really heavily off and they're like, what is going on with this guy? Um, but I think over time they began to realize like they can't really ignore the fact that the people we were around that I was around just had like an unconditional like sense of love. Like there was no, you had to act a certain way. It was just everybody was themselves. And I, I think it was very vibrant. And many of my friends that I used to party with um, ended up dropping off and they went into different paths of life. But the few that did stick around, they can't deny that there was um, there was something there. And, and now there's a few of them that I still keep in touch with that are really special relationships. Um, so that kind of led me 
that overflowing in my cup of like, man, I got to share this stuff just led me to, uh, to recognize that I was getting this call to share this gift, um, especially for men. That's always been my main ministry of like, for me, my heart exploded when I realized what it meant to be a man and why I wasn't living it. Um, and then I just had to share that with more men. And um, I started a Bible study in college after a lot of wrestling with my disciple about it because I knew I was being old, but I was like, I don't know anything. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm learning for the first time. Um, but I invited a bunch of kids on a soccer team that I was playing with on Fridays. And one by one, they started joining in my Bible study. I ended up having like 1.14 guys and we're sitting there every week going through scripture and trying to learn what it meant to be a man. And it, it just, yeah, it, it, it took off. And the Lord made it very clear in my heart that I was like, by the way, your Bible study goes is how you're going to know if I want you to be a missionary for me or not. Um, and that became very evident. Uh, the fruit just bore. And I, yeah, I loved every minute of it. And it called me to be called me to a higher standard at the fact that I was leading these men. Um, and so by the end of it, it was very clear. I, I had to become a missionary, at least for a portion of my life. I would regret it if I did it. <laughs> and God would make it clear that I ran away from him. Um, so yeah, I, I began the search. I thought I was going to be focused because that's what I knew. Um, but there was a part of my heart that started to open up and realize that I cared very heavily about the people that are not very noticed. Um, the passage that just ate away at me was um, like the father leaves the 99 in search of the one lost. And um, I could never shake that, that verse from my head. And I and then when I, yeah, I went on the search to find something that resonated with that kind of ministry. And that's how I fell upon Vagabond Missions. And the moment I saw their page, it says the first line, it's like a break the cycle. I'm like, well, this is cool. Um, and right underneath it's like break the cycles of hopelessness. And it's like addiction, family abuse, um, drugs, and gang violence. Um, and the whole purpose of our ministry is literally to enter into the lives of those that are forgotten and lost, especially because the church doesn't go into these areas because of the danger. Um, but it's, it's the lost sheep and we pursue them and we get into their lives with the intent that we can be the hands and feet of Christ. And in doing so, we can break the cycle which they live in, which is a repetition of all the brokenness that their parents have bestowed upon them um, and that they're exposed to through their friendships that lead them to repeat the same pain to their own kids and to their own friends um, and that's the reason why they get stuck in these cycles um, because they don't ever know a way out they don't know any other better they don't know better um, so yeah that's that's how I ended up here wow man I getting chills just kind of listening to you you know speak about your journey through you know growing up in a catholic family maybe taking for granted because I know I've done the same thing with you know blessed being blessed by great parents who, who love you, taking that step out of the family home and into the real world as a, as a college student, you know, the choice becomes, the choice becomes yours, you know, and, you know, those questions, like you mentioned, they come into your mind and that emptiness starts to, starts to kind of eat at you. And it's, you know, such a beautiful thing, how, how, you know, at that conference that you attended, you know, where you got to kind of hear that gospel hear the gospel repropose in a different way and definitely in love. You know, my heart has a special place for focus uh, because I was kind of in that same position. And I remember myself being asked those questions about life and existence and the universe. And, you know, is there really a God out there who loves me on a personal level? I think it's a, you know, just a really, really awesome journey that you had. And I know it was very probably, you know, demanding from, you know, on your end to, 
uh, kind of step out of that comfort zone, especially in, in college, maybe going back to your, you know, old friends who maybe didn't understand you now, or maybe they thought you were, you know, a different person. And you're maybe like, who is this guy, Andres? Like he was this guy before. Now he's um, talking about Christ. And uh, I'm sure that was own challenges there. And at the same time, it's, it's beautiful how you kind of continue to step into that and walked with some of those guys. And if what you were sharing with them resonate with them, they, you know, they were interested in, in uh, getting to the Bible studies that you got to lead. Like that's, that's powerful, man. Like it takes courage, you know, to, to lead a, a group of men when, you know, you're still figuring yourself out, but feel this call in your heart to lead this Bible study and kind of share what you've learned and what you've encountered. You know, like you said, you had a renewed vision almost with where you could see colors and things differently. And yeah, man. So I just appreciate, you know, you sharing that journey as, you know, there's probably a lot of spiritual emotion there and uh, it comes from a deep place of, mm. of love and, and hope now. And thankful also for, you know, you taking up the mission and, and uh, responding to that call, especially with, with Vagabond. I mean, it's such a, a need, you know, in, in the church, especially with high school students, Oftentimes confirmation happens in eighth grade. And then after that, what's, what's next? And that's where a lot of teens and young men, especially can fall to other things in the, in the world. And so, yeah, it's definitely, definitely important mission. And yes, you know, appreciate you for doing what you do, man. Thank you. Thank you. I think I've, there's so many sinking feelings I've received in the last three months being here. And I mean, I'm excited for what's left and I have, um, I've been praying a lot of Lord in terms of like the word that comes to me is sustainability mm. because these men, especially, I mean, um, it's really powerful. I've read the statistics on it where it's like, if the father in the household ends up converting or coming into his faith, the chance that the whole rest of the household becomes faithful as well is extremely high. Um, and it's, it's the role of, of, of the example of a, of a male leader that, really has a strong impact, especially on the, on the guys in the house. And I'm learning the gravity of like, when there's no role models, there's just like, there's just like anything can come and fill that place. And that's where the, the drugs come in. That's where the gangs come in. It's a sense of belonging that they need and a sense of worth that they're trying to find. And so like, for me, it's been very dear to my heart of like, we need more strong male examples in the church that are approachable, that are not in this radical sense, that's like, it's difficult to relate to them because they're extremely traditional in certain senses, but also not extremely like not too relevant where you're like giving up parts of um, what you know is, is true and like throwing away your morality in a sense. There's like a fine line that you have to walk and I've listened to talks about this and they say like sanctity, uh, saints who walk the earth, it, they have to carry the, the aura that, that is about them is, is a sense of inspiration the word that comes is inspiration. And it's, it's when men are inspired um, or when people are inspired that they can go and they can climb the heights and they, and they can, they can recognize he who lives in them. Um, he lives like the Lord lives in our hearts. And if like your whole life has, you've been told that you really have no value or that no one has really affirmed the things that are good about you, the chances that you're going to go and do something great with your life are almost non-existent. I mean, it takes someone to come and inspire and help them realize that there is one who lives in them and because of that, they're all made for greatness and they're all capable of it. It's almost like to unlock that, like the understanding and the relationship with the one who lives. I love how you mentioned too, like, you know, we're made for greatness. And I think that there's such a, there's such a need, right. With 
understanding what masculinity is and what it means to be a man. And I think, you know, there's all these definitions that the world gives us. And I think it's, you know, easy to get caught up, especially as a high school student to uh, just into different, you know, temptations or just different crowds that may not be the right fit. And it's like, you know, when you guys are there on camp, like working with the students and just sharing life and, and friendship with them, they get to see you as that example of what it means to be a man. And they're like, oh, I, you know, I, I've never met a guy like, you know, Andres before, you know? And then, like you said, dude, like with fatherhood, they, if these young, young men who are in their teens and high school are growing as they grow up and mature, if they're the ones that can lead their households with their relationship, their family's relationship with God, you know, it's so much more likely that their children are going to grow up with that confidence um, and that hope and joy and understanding their dignity. I'm sure like, like you were saying earlier with, you know, leaving the 99 and how the church often doesn't go to, um, you know, the spiritual battleground, what does it look like on your end in terms of some of the, some of the challenges that you're, you and your team face, you know, on the spiritual battleground there. So I can talk into, especially the other sites. So we have three here in Wichita or around the country in like eight cities now, for example, at one of our other sites, it's in a, a more impoverished area, predominantly black community. And they sadly, it became an area where it just became a hangout at our youth group nights. And so they would invite people that weren't necessarily typical to us, but we hadn't met these kids before um, and started becoming a thing where it went from like 40 person breakouts to like 60 person. And then it started getting to like 85, 90 person breakouts at these, these events. And um, people started, it was harder to control necessarily the atmosphere or like the tone that was being set. And if people weren't there before, they didn't understand that our only policy really is to respect others, respect yourself and respect God. Those are like our, our predominant rules. And so some of these people were, it became a hot spot necessarily for like um, some, some parts of gang violence. And so we would be struggling to control that the moment we would leave the facility. So some people, like it became a, a known location that people would be there on Thursday nights. So these gangs knew about it. And some break, fights would break out the moment these kids would leave because some people would show up knowing that these people were going to be there and would like jump them and like fights would break out and we would try to be breaking, um, going into the middle and kind of just like preventing that from happening. And so that, that occurred um, so many times that we actually, and we always called the cops, but um, it got to the point where we had to shut down that site and their ministry to build it up from the ground again in a, in a smaller size that was more controllable. And then we ended up getting local police force to now be patrolling regularly. Um, they come to, to our bigger events and they, they've done a really good job like being a presence there. And so that one's um, a physical example that's come up. Um, the other one, when it comes to my site, there's a probably a handful of like eight guys I'm specifically really like diving into at this point. I'm going to be going to play basketball with about six or seven of them in about two hours. But there's one, two kids in specific. Um, again, the cycle was so intense. Like his mom had him when she was 13 years old. He started smoking cigarettes when he was nine. His dad um, was a cocaine addict, left his house really young. And now his stepdad is abusive to his mom. And sometimes he has to physically fight his stepdad because he doesn't. Yeah, he has to just like step into the things that um, in order to protect his mom and and the kid is 14 years old. And so like, he never should be dealing with these things at his age, but he is. 
And he has, he's probably the most gifted kid I've met here so far. It's very evident, very easy to see. I saw him, I, the way he was able to be a natural leader and mobilize kids to come grab free hot dogs when we're barbecuing outside his high school. It's just incredible. And I, I like pinpointed it, felt him on my heart to pursue this kid. And so I grabbed lunch with him a couple of times, started playing basketball with him. But the hardest part is he's so inconsistent with me because he doesn't know how to receive love. Like he gets overwhelmed at the fact that he's like almost like always trying to find what my underlying intention is. And he's like, almost like, like it can't fathom that I'm just doing this because I want to hang out with him or because I just want to care about him. Or I just want to be like an older brotherly figure. And I have connections that I can make to help him pursue his dreams, like welding. And I can get a, probably a mentor and, and, and all these different things and I can help him out. And, and I think he knows that. Um, but he has addictions that are intense to the point where like the closer I get with him, um, sometimes he just gets overwhelmed and a lot of personal stuff is struggling in his life when he's like, can't maintain himself in an outward way in a way that he wants to be able to present himself. He shuts down and he shuts everybody out of his life. Um, I talk to his friends. I've been getting closer to them too. And I ask him, Hey, how's, how's, how you doing? Uh, and they're like, he hasn't showed up to school the last couple of days. We don't know what's going on with him. And I was like, can you guys check up on him? Like, I really care about him. I want to make sure he's doing all right. And they're like, yeah, I want to, um, next time he comes in, I'll ask, I'll ask. And he just like, it's a very, it's an inward um, shut off that he does. And it's the reality is that he needs to go and face those dark things and allow the people to come in and help him. But it's his walls that he has to put up that he's had to do his whole life in order to like stay stable honestly it's it's the self-defense walls that have been put up and so i'm i'm really making a fine like tango um with the lord about when do i approach and when do i give space and there's a lot of yeah i have to walk a fine line of, of loving him the way he needs and but giving him the space that he needs us to yeah absolutely that's you know, powerful witness that you are you know in his life and sure it's gotta be hard on you you know as well it's like you know you you're trying you want to be there for you know, this, this young man and, and, you know, it comes with challenges that aren't, aren't in either of yours fault. It's just the, the nature of certain past experiences, um, you know, that have happened, but I'm, I'm curious, man, cause, um, you know, God's working on your heart at the same time. And how, how have you seen like God, you know, speak to you through, you know, this situation, but also any kind of, you know, other situations or challenges that, you know, you've experienced uh, with the students. I could talk about this for hours. So, yeah. It's so, it's so ironic how the farther you dart, you deep dive into the brokenness of the human reality and the human condition and all that, that you stop almost questioning the things like a subtle change. I noticed instead of being like, God, why is this happening to this kid? My prayer became God, where am I to fall in this place? How can I love this kid? How can I serve him? And it's so, simple, but it's so powerful. In my opinion, it's it's no longer a whole like, oh, what do I need? It's all almost like it's like all my attention and all my care is now turning outward. And in doing so, like I receive. It's in giving that you receive. The Saint Francis quote, and it's true. Like it is genuinely true. There's obviously my human nature that needs to be fed. I need to be nourished. I need to make sure that I have something to give them. I, I can't show up like exhausted and drained and emotionally like distraught but i mean the lord takes care of that when 
and my personal time that I give to him, but it's, there's a shift in my heart that no longer spends time on the trivial things and has now just come to recognize the time that I have is so crucial and people can genuinely be healed by it. St. Bo- John Bosco has been on my heart. There's this quote, he says, it's like, get them to fall in love with you and they'll follow you wherever you go. He, he like worked in this orphanage. Um, he was really good with the youth and he had this contagiousness about him that had kids like really falling in love with him. And he started this like uh, reformation type group that basically got kids that were in trouble, like juvenile type kids. And he had these teachers get into their lives outside of just the schooling because he said the real problems and the real real reason why they can't learn and all these other things is because they don't, there's things in their hearts that are missing. And until those are put back together, nothing else in their life can make sense or can work out. And I feel like that is the, one of the biggest understandings I'm starting to receive from this ministry that God has been making it very clear. Like these kids tell me I'm failing this class. And instead of me being like, what are you doing? I'm instantly like, so what is missing? Like, why, like, why can't you get yourself to do it? And when I, I just like step into their shoes and I say like, what's going on? They tell me, um, one of my best friends just got accidentally shot by, um, like this brother bought his gun home and, and I'm, I'm just been so distraught. Like I walked over an hour after it happened and I can't like, he's like, the last thing I want to think about is doing my math homework. Like, it's just the last thing I care about. It's just so dumb. I can't focus on it. And it's frustrating when I just don't, I didn't pick it up in class. And then the problem becomes very evident. So the more that I step in, the more I realize those are the parts that need to be healed before anything else can work. Um, so I'm starting, the Lord's been expanding my understanding. Understanding is another big term. He's been expanding my understanding on like how necessary his peace needs to be in people's lives because, and we take it for granted, but if it's not there, the rest of your life, nothing really resonates. It's almost like you're going through a roller coaster and everything's black and white and it's great. Um, and I'm starting to understand why. And then are starting to understand the role of one of a loved one in order to like really step into the shoes to eat with the sinners and the tax collectors to like share a meal and to become familial. Um, and in being in their shoes that you begin to actually tap into the things that will, will make them um, that they need to work on first. Everything else is trivial fruits. The, re- the root of the problem is, is really the, the essential part. So I think that the biggest thing I could say, he's been changing my eyes to see. I never, I never ask, I never get caught up in the little things anymore. I'm so much like in tune with the whole, where do I need to go with this? The Lord and this coming to this moment, reveal to me what is actually going on. And I, yeah, that, that's been very, very fruitful. Yeah, no, that's beautiful, Andres. And you made me think of uh, a Matt, Matthew Kelly quote. He talks about, you know, if you get the man right, you get you get the picture right. And it's like so true with you know our relationship with God. And you know, for these for these young men who grow up in in some tough circumstances, you know, it's like as a missionary or you know as as Christ, um, you know, as a messenger of Christ to be, you know, in their lives. It's like you know, how can I how can I help them, you know, walk. Mm-hmm you know, just from day to day and, and how, how can I understand them? So, you know, I love that approach, man. And, and I kind of want to shift gears a little bit because I know you are super excited and pumped about, um, you know, finishing up your degree, man. And I know that's, you know, you've, you've done this while ministering to these kids and like, that's just kind of jaw dropping on, on what you're able to, 
to do, you know, at the same time. So I know it requires certain habits and discipline, man. So I'm just kind of curious, you know, what what have been like some habits uh, and disciplines that have, you know, helped you to, um, you know, get your degree done, but also be that minister to uh, these these young men in such a in such a in such a need of, of knowing Christ. I love that you asked that. Um, <laughs> the discipline is, is one of my, my favorite things to reflect on. I'm very, I've become very hyper aware of the things that occupy my brain. And I guess the easiest thing I could begin with is your mental space is probably the most sacred thing um, the Lord can use. And if it's preoccupied with, let's say you're dealing with heartbreak or something, um, your ability to deliver or to allow the spirit to flow through you is very limited. Um, and I've become so aware of that through my own struggles in life. And so when I balanced school and ministry, um, there was a part of me that was like, and I tried to like develop friendships here and um, even went on a couple of dates. I realized when I caught, caught up in other things, my mental space was removed from that which, which was important. And so my discipline would fall with it. And I couldn't deliver. And the Lord made it very clear. Like I brought you here to finish. Yes. Finish your degree. But that's secondary. The primary reason why I'm here is to love on these kids. And that's basically the only thing that matters. And that's how that's your number one priority. Everything stems from that. Um, I'm going to get a degree rather like regardless of even if I didn't do well, but I did do well. Um, so my disciplines probably came very heavily from Exodus 90. It's a program um, that I, it's a Catholic program developed by this priest to help his seminarians um, become more disciplined from become boys to men almost. And, and to find freedom in their lives to not be slaves to like electronics and addiction and, and television and just high dopamine, um, things. And so I did that program twice because I really, I, I hate the idea of being hooked on something. I think my whole life I've always had some sort of addiction or struggle. So I did the program twice and it led to the point where it lets the point where by the end I could choose what comes into my head. I can choose my own thoughts. I'm not a slave to something that I watch that will find its way into my brain, whether I want it to. So the moment I wake up, it's like, okay, the moment to come to, to, to settle down, to pray take bed right away. And I have my, my day usually scheduled out my Google calendar. It's like, I usually try to schedule every minute of my day with flexibilities involved. I fill it with things that I know will give me life as well so that i'm not drained by the end of it uh things like prayer is extremely important to me things like playing sports is extremely important to me i try to work out about four like five times a week um and that for me is my time my sacred time of sometimes i put on my headphones and i just go to the gym and, and for me that's like to really physically get out what i need um and then the rest of my day i can have a clear conscience um and choose that uh, which comes in that which doesn't and that it's allowed me to yeah to balance well like hey if i have this project coming up how much time is it going to take two days i'm gonna have a really rigorous week i'm gonna have to dedicate tuesday evening and saturday all day therefore those are the only two days i can't do ministry um in the evening so i'm gonna schedule ministry with every other day, part of the day uh, part of my week and that's that's been the way i've, I've stayed afloat and it's it's worked really really well phenomenal it's definitely clear that you know you're you've been a solid steward, you know, of your time, talent, and treasure, you know, to, to, you know, be the Lord's handmaid, you know, in, in all this and to, you know, do, to accomplish his will. And yeah, it's just very impressive, man, to, to see a guy like yourself, um, just have a heart after the Lord and just doing great things, man. And, uh, 
yeah, we're coming to the end of the show and it's been, it's been an awesome time having you on. I'd just like to invite you and share with our audience if, uh, you know, if they want to reach out to you, you know, how can they do that? Actually, I would love that. Uh, I'd love to be able to connect with people to help grow this ministry because it needs to get out there. Um, Andres at vagabondmissions.com is my email. Um, that's probably the best way. So A-N-D-R-E-S at and then vagabondmissions.com um, or my cell phone number. Um, they can also send me a text anytime. It's 786-479-4300. And um, I'm sure if, if they ever have, if they want really badly, they can always ask you, Adrian, and I'm sure you could pass on my contact info. So those are the best ways to reach. Absolutely, man. Well, Andres, God bless you. God bless your ministry, man. And uh, yeah, we'll be in touch. Thanks for being on the show, dude. Thank you. I really appreciate it. All right. And thank you to our listeners for listening. This is the St. Joseph's Capital Show. Thank you for listening to the St. Joseph's Capital Show brought to you by St. Joseph's Capital. St. Joseph's Capital works with investors nationwide investing in real estate while also donating 50% of profits to assist missionaries who are committed to sharing the hope and joy of the gospel with high school and university students around the world. St. Joseph's Capital creating impact, one investor, one missionary, and one student at a time. Connect with us online at stjosephscapital.com to receive free access to our new seven-day course, An Introduction to Passive Real Estate Investing, which includes our new book, 13 Advantages of Real Estate Syndications, which you can also receive access for free. This information provided on this podcast is intended to be educational and informational only. It is not considered to be formal legal advice. The listener should not take or refrain from taking action based on its content. Any listener is in need of legal opinion upon which to rely in decision-making should consider formally engaging an attorney to review relevant facts in detail and examine the pertinent laws that apply to these facts.